Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's a dangerous one, must be. Benteke, what a save by Czech. David Seaman with two saves in the shootout already. Welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast with me, Dan Roebuck. On today's show, we're focusing on the men between the sticks. We'll hear from Bernd Leno about his summer move. Graham Stack will help us build the perfect Arsenal keeper. But let's kick off with a chat with safe hands himself, David Seaman. David Seaman turned back the clock and put the gloves on one more time in June when he played for our legends against Real Madrid. He spoke to Chris Harris before the clash at the Bernabeu. Well, Dave, Arsenal fans will want to know what you're doing these days. So tell us what you've been up to. Um, a lot of fishing and a lot of golfing and uh, getting ready for uh, Real Madrid. But um, yeah, other than that, not a, lot, a great deal of football, if I'm honest. Um, it, uh, it hurts in the morning after a game. Yeah, that, that time's getting less and less. So you're on the golf course, you're fishing by the bank and then you're thrown back into Arsenal for a Legends game. How excited are you to be part of this group? Well, this group's special because it's a good mixture. It's some players that I, I played with, some that I didn't. Um, you know, and to come to Real Madrid's ground is just something special. I don't think I have ever played here. I came here once, I think, with England in a, in a friendly, but I didn't play. And other than that, I can't even remember us playing Real Madrid in the Champions League. For some reason, we always used to get Barcelona. Let's take you back to the heady summer of 1990. England reached the semi-finals of the World Cup in, in Italy. Yeah. And uh, Gaza cries, and Lineker does this. And then David Seaman signs for Arsenal. Yeah. The biggest story of the summer, of course. <laughs> What's the story behind that move? Well, it, it happened the season before I found out I was going to be joining Arsenal or I got a chance to join Arsenal. It was weird because that same morning I'd spoken to a certain Alex Ferguson who said that he wanted me to go to Man United. And then Arsenal came in for me in the afternoon, made a beard and everything. So I went down for talks and um, it all fell through. So then I had to go back to QPR. We'd already come to an agreement with Arsenal that I was going to sign. You know, So I went to the World Cup as number three goalkeeper, broke my thumb in training. So I'm thinking, oh. <laughs> so I went straight to the hospital, came back, and it was uh, Doc Crane, who used to be the Arsenal doctor, was also the England doctor. And he says, oh, we've just got to go on a little detour. We've got to go and see George Graham and David Dean. I was like, whoa. Because the news was that I'd actually fractured my thumb. But um, So anyway, I went to see them, and they said it was going to be fine. And I was ready for the start of the season, which was, uh, for me, it was brilliant because 
when I took over from John, there was a lot of, not animosity, I'd say, but a lot of people saying that, you know, they thought he was better than me um, and they didn't want him to leave. And, you know, and all I wanted to do was to get to Arsenal and show what I could do. You know, and then going into the first season was just like a, a dream come true, you know, to win the league in your first season, you know, let in what I think it was 18 goals and, well, I think 23 clean sheets. So, you know, it, it was pretty special at the time. You know, my first season at the club and we win the league. Those numbers come to mind very easily. I'm, I'm sure you've, uh, you dream about them sometimes. <laughs> Does that defence and that season get the credit it deserves? That's a record to be really proud of. Yeah, no, it... I think the, the defence does get a lot of credit because they did it for such a long time. You know, they did it before I came. You know, that back four was... It weren't by fluke that they were that good. It was by sheer hard work. You know, George Graham drilled that defence the way that he wanted it to defend, and, and it really did work. You know, lots of the time I'd be behind that back four and there'd be, like, eight attackers at us, and they still wouldn't get to me. You know, they were that good. But that was just all through George Graham and Stuart Houston. But your role in that, Dave, I mean, it's a back five if you include yourself. If you yeah. take Martin Keown as well, it's kind of a back oh, yeah, five and a half, back Martin. six. <laughs> but in terms of the communication and getting that early enough in your time at Arsenal, yeah. I mean, how did you work on that as a five? For me, it was easier because they, they all knew what they were doing. It was just a case of how quick could I understand what they were doing and then recognise that, you know, sometimes I would have to let them get on with it rather than me constantly shouting. You know, I remember Tony once saying to me, like, you know, don't be shouting too much, otherwise it just becomes a blur, you know, and you don't listen. He said, just the odd shout, and that would help a lot more, you know, so that was one thing that I learned. Um, and then just let them get on with it, because they were, they were that good at it. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Dave. Thanks for your time. Let's hear from another Arsenal insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Well, as we mentioned, Graham Stack is on the podcast this week. And, Graham, we need your expert advice and analysis when it comes to goalkeeping because what we're trying to do is we're trying to build the perfect Arsenal keeper using five different attributes. You can give us one or two keepers that you admire as well, potentially along the road here. So, first of all, just tell us a little bit about shot-stopping. We've lumped in positioning as well here. I know they're a little bit different. Shot-stopping first up. Well, shot-stopping really is, is the basis of of what goalkeeping is all about. It's all about keeping the ball at the back of the net. Uh, sometimes unorthodox, sometimes technically very sound, but ultimately it's it's about keeping the ball out of your goal. And, and the way goalkeeping's evolved in over the years, you know, saves have changed in terms of different techniques, in terms of big blocks, i.e. Peter Schmeichel, you know, handball techniques, one-on-ones. Um, and then you've obviously got your shot stopping from distance, high and low saves with explosive dives and, and out at feet. Uh, but ultimately, it's a positioning of a goalkeeper that makes these saves relatively simple. Do you see teams target keepers' weaknesses a lot more now? We hear about certain keepers, I'm not going to mention any, that maybe can't deal with a low shot from 25 yards to their left or they're not good at certain areas. Do you see teams target keepers in different ways that they never used to years ago? Yeah, I think so. I think that's fair to say. I think there's certain goalkeepers out there that have got stronger attributes in different areas. Giant goalies often find it difficult to get down and make saves low down. Some keepers now tend to incorporate their feet a lot more than they have done in the past. And certainly someone like David Seaman was always someone for me who made that save look so simple because his positioning was so spot on. Yeah, you mentioned positioning. We've lumped it in with shot stopping as well, which keepers in the Premier League further afield really impress you when it comes down to the basic, the one thing that all keepers have to do, and that's to stop shots. 
Mine would have to be De Gea, looking him so closely in the way he's developed over the last few years, uh, physically, uh, within his confidence and, and in terms of making saves. He's been my standout goalkeeper in terms of shot-stopping. Positioning uh, before uh, he got injured, Manuel Neuer, a standout for me in terms of the advanced position he takes up. Uh, very, very close to his back four, always in contact with them and deals really well with balls over the top and plays as a sweeper-keeper at times. Second point we're going to address is commanding the area. Has this changed over the years as well? Because there aren't that traditional amount of number nines in the Premier League that you might have encountered 20, 30, 40 years ago. Do we still need keepers to command the area? I think goalkeepers now have probably more of a licence than we used to have in terms of, you know, I wouldn't say we get looked after by referees, but but certainly any contact that tends to happen with keepers inside the box, we tend to get fouls. So for me, that gives goalkeepers more freedom, more of a licence to come and be more dominant in boxes. Um, you know, the likes of Courtois has made it slightly easier for himself with obviously his size and his frame. It allows him to come through bodies and be nice and aggressive. But the delivery's also changed from wide areas. You've got left footers playing on the right now and coming inside. And there's, there's different types of delivery, but it's a massive, massive part of the game. And not just taking high balls. You see the transition from defence into attack now with keepers. Once they've taken a cross, it's can they deliver uh, and set your team off on the front foot. What about leadership and communication? Do we see keepers as captains these days? I know that for some people, you can't have a goalkeeper as your captain because they're not involved in the play from minute to minute, but you do see keepers as captains. You were a captain of various teams that you played for. What is it when it comes to leadership and communication that keepers need to be good at? Yeah, you look at today's game and, you know, we've seen Czech captain Arsenal in the second half. We've seen Buffon captain, you know, pretty much every team he's, you know, he's played for. And over the years, Oliver Kahn, Casillas, you know, Captain Madrid. There has been a number of captains, but for whatever reason, sometimes it's nice to have a body in, in central areas in the middle of the pitch to communicate to, to various players. But being a goalkeeper, leadership and communication qualities are key especially when you're playing with a back four and there's maybe one or two younger players in the side. But also when balls are in the box and balls are coming over the top, it's important that you communicate loudly and clearly and let players around you and also opposition players knowing that you're coming to take balls. Fourthly, how key is distribution in the modern game for a keeper? Distribution's completely changed the game of a goalkeeper now. It's, you know, you've got to be bow-footed, you've got to be accurate, you've got to be big. And at times you're playing balls in, and you're dropping balls in to midfielders, you're playing with deep line midfielders and fullbacks and you know the game has completely changed you, you are expected now to be a player and you're expected to be comfortable in possession comfortable under pressure and you know the likes of Jordan Pickford and Edison which we've seen closely you know the length and the distance they get on their kicks and the accuracy at which they kick out is something to you know for any young goalkeeper aspiring to, to play at that level with something they've really got to work on. Yeah, just on those two keepers, do you think Pickford got the nod when it came to England because his distribution was better? Obviously, he's a good keeper all round anyway, but do you think the way that Gareth Southgate wanted to play in the World Cup finals, wants his England team to play, just gave the nod to Pickford because of that? Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. I mean, that was a massive advantage going in Pickford's favour. The fact is, you know, he's more capable with both feet um, and, he's, and he's more comfortable in possession. Uh, and you've got to be agile as well. Agility is our fifth and final point here. We see keepers, and we have done over the years, make some extraordinary saves. And from an Arsenal point of view, we always remember David Seamans against Sheffield United all those years ago in that semi-final up at Old Trafford. But you've got to pull off the the fantastic saves. You've got to be agile, haven't you? Yeah, you have to be. Sometimes you find, as a goalkeeper, you find your body in some awkward positions and off balance and things get deflected and, you know, whatever scenario might lead, you know, up to a shot or a header or whatever it might be. And, you know, most recently in the World 
World Cup. I remember Lloris making a fantastic save that showed all of his agility to sort of move across the goal so quickly with such speed and then take off and just get enough on it in terms of a fingertip to take it outside the, the post and offer a corner. But that's something that keepers work on, flexibility, agility, something that now is really done prior to training and after training in terms of strength and conditioning and uh, just trying to use all your muscles to the best effect. And just finally on our Arsenal insider piece, your thoughts on Bert Leno, Arsenal's new keeper, because we're going to hear from him very shortly on the podcast. Of course, has come from Bayer Leverkusen. He's a German international, not German first choice, as we know, but he looks like a keeper that could thrive in the Premier League. I think we've signed a fantastic keeper at a very, very good age. Um, he's got loads of experience, played you know, best part of 300 league games, played for Germany at every level. Looks like a good size, he's 6'3". OK, he's not 6'5", like some are, but that can work in his favour in different areas in, in terms of his speed across the goal. He looks confident, he looks comfortable with the ball at his feet, he kicks the ball very well. And I think it's a great challenge now, uh, you know, amongst the goalkeeping union at Arsenal now. There's a number of good goalkeepers there. Whether they'll all be there come the start of the season, I'm not sure. But certainly a fantastic acquisition to the squad. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Bert Leno joined us from Bayer Leverkusen over the summer. Here's his chat with Nick Bromsack shortly after he put pen to paper. Then let's go right back to your childhood in Stuttgart. What are your first memories of football? My first memories of football was uh, my first game in the, in the stadium that I visited and uh, it was in Stuttgart in the, since this point. It was a dream to, to, to become a professional football player and uh, 15 years uh, later I, I signed for Arsenal and uh, will play for Arsenal so um, I can say I'm, I'm living my dream. What can you tell us about that first game you watched? Who did you go with? which teams were playing? Um, it was in Stuttgart in the stadium in, in my hometown and uh, I was with my parents and my brother and Stuttgart played against Bremen. 
and it was an excited game. I was so nervous uh, before the game and uh, I will never forget it. When you were growing up, who are your idols, the people that you really looked up to? When I was a child, uh, Ika Kassir was always uh, my idol, but um, when I was in Stuttgart, there were many players, Timo Hildebrand, Jens Lehmann. Um, I watched many training sessions of him and to learn from him, yes, that were my idols. What can you tell us about those training sessions with Jens Lehmann? Did you ever train together? Did he ever have any advice for you at all? Some training sessions uh, with him. I was very young, I was uh, 16 or 17 years old. Jens Lehmann was 40 years old and it was, uh, it was for me very excited because he was so concentrated, he was so professional and um, that's the mentality that, uh, that uh, you need in, as, a, as a professional goalkeeper. And going back to, to your childhood and, and those early days, were you always a goalkeeper or did you play out on the pitch first? I was a midfielder um, till I was nine or ten years old. Then uh, the old goalkeeper of my hometown club didn't come to the game. Then I tried to, to be the goalkeeper and I was, I was good. And since then I never wanted to leave uh, the goal and uh, now I'm still a goalkeeper. When you think of Arsenal as a club, what's the first thing that comes into your head? I remember too many things, uh, Thierry Henry, Jens Lehmann, to the Highbury, um, to Alexander Klepp too, because uh, I remember him in Stuttgart and then he played for, for Arsenal London. For me, it's the same story now. Um, and there are so many things too that I can remember um, with Arsenal. How did you feel when you first heard that Arsenal wanted to sign you? Um, I was excited and uh, I was proud because Arsenal is such a big club in all over the world and in Germany Arsenal is so famous too and um, um, when I heard it I was uh, a little bit nervous and at this moment uh, for me it was clear I, I want to sign for Arsenal. He's done it this time! What an extraordinary way! to win the title. When an irresistible force meets an old immovable object, something's got to give. Roebuck versus. And this week, yes, it is me, Dan Roebuck, against Mark Man-Brands of PA Sport. Mark, how are you? Nervous. Are you ready for the quiz? Just about, I think. I, I, I'm, I'm one and one in American parlance at the moment. Just to let you know, I'm 100% unbeaten. Uh, this is Liam, our producer, to tell us this week's quiz. Okay, so we're talking about goalkeepers on the podcast this week. So we're going to have a penalty shootout. Five questions, best of five, closest to the pin with the answer, wins the, the goal, and we'll see where we go from there. Okay. Who goes first? Yeah, not, not really, but we'll, we'll give it a go. That's, I don't think it matters who goes first, because I don't think you're getting close to any of these. So... Uh, Question, question one, penalty one. How many Arsenal appearances did David Seaman make? You go first. Um, David Seaman made 423 Arsenal appearances. I'll go 424. They, hang on, that's such a cheat. Uh, Mark. Goal. Goal. Goal, goal for Mark. 1-0 up. 564. Oh, yeah. Way I off. I thought it was more. But, oh, yeah. yeah, way off. Okay. So, Mark, you first this time. Um, against Watford last season, Petacek saved his first penalty for Arsenal. What minute did he save that penalty? It was Troy Deeney, I think, wasn't it? It was Troy Deeney. Didn't, show, didn't have any cojones, did he? No, he didn't. Um, 64. 64 for Mark. And I'm going to play the game as it should be played here, okay. so I'm going to go 75. 62. 2-0. 2-0. <laughs> oh. 
Complete shot in the dark, by the way. I had no idea. So I'm 0-0, Mark's 2-2. Two, two. Yeah, so it's 2-0. It's, it's if Mark gets this, he's won. Going to shoot our rules. Should have gone average, shouldn't we? Yeah, we should have gone average. <laughs> Penalty three. How many goals did Jens Lehmann concede in the Invincible season in the Premier League? Who goes first on this one? Am I going first on this one? I'll play fair. I think he conceded 19. 27. 26. Oh! <laughs> so, so I've been done 3 0. You've been done 3 0. This is just for fun now. So, uh... Okay, let's give you the other yeah, questions for, 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 yeah, for fun. Go for it. Question four. To try and make the scoreline respectable. <laughs> uh, clean sheets. Bob Wilson, how many for Arsenal? It could be anything, couldn't it? Yes. It's more than 10. Um, I'll go. Oh, that's 200. Okay, I'll go. No, I'll go less than that. I'll go 158. One, two, five. Damn right. Yes, on the score sheet. On the score sheet. Final one. Anu Keeper. Ben Leno. What was his date of birth? Am I first? Yeah. Ben Leno is, I think he's 29 or 30. So what does that make him? I've got to try and work this one back. What, what year are we? 2018. 88. Let's go 1st of July, 1987. I'm going to go 21st of May, 1992. Good luck with this one, working it out. Oh, no, it's easy. 4th of March, 1992. He got the year right. <laughs> <laughs> ben Leno is like 20, 26 years old. What did I say? What's 33? 4-1. <laughs> this is my first defeat this hating. season. Mark, well played. Thank you very much. Well played. Made a quiz better next time. Yeah, exactly. Will be. That's it. 1-0. You're out. It was not an easy game. You're at Arsenal Football Club, it's going to be big pressure. Take the positives and, you know, look at the next game. I think we showed great determination. We played with a real purpose from the off. At the end of the day, we were able to get a result. Get behind each other and stick together. In the end, uh, it's, it's something that's going to give you points. The final word. David Seaman made his league debut for us this week in 1990. And the final word this week remembers his greatest save ever. Page again. The chance to hook it in. Where does that rate in your sort of all-time top five, top ten? Oh, he's, he's definitely in the top three, easily. You know, and somebody asked me that question the other day, like, what other saves do you... And I couldn't remember any of those. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm sure there is, you know, there's been a few. Um, but it, it does rate on, you know, in the top three, because we weren't playing well, but we were holding on. And then we'd, we knew we'd got a big game against Manchester coming on the Wednesday. Um, so we didn't need to go into extra time. And plus it was on my thousandth game, you know, so it was all perfectly made and, uh, and I produced the goods. Well, that's full time on today's pod. Thanks to all of our contributors. You can help us out by subscribing to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts to make sure you never miss an episode. And while you're there, why not leave us a five-star review? We'll be back next week when we'll be talking cult heroes. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. 
Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.